0: I bring you greetings in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our risen Savior. And I bring those greetings from Waterworks to my dear brothers and sisters at Myerstown, whom I love in the truth. It is truly a joy to fellowship and worship Jesus together with you. Just seeing many of your faces just brings me joy. Seeing Josh spit the water up here this morning <laughs> brings me joy. I truly love you all in the truth, and it is good to worship together again. I can heartily believe that it is, what, a year and several months since we... Went off to Waterworks and began our work up there. Time is just amazing to me. Last week on Mother's Day morning, it probably wasn't very fitting, but I told my wife in 17 years, she'll be 70. (laughs) Is that unkind to say on Mother's Day? I mean, I'm there too, right? the reason I said it because I was contemplating time I you know the Bible says the I can't quote it now but it's in Psalm 90 you know it says three score and ten is the days that are allotted to man that basically in my words I mean the average age is 70 years And some some people live to be 80 and well then they're soon gone too but the older I get, there's one thing that maybe it's a negative. I think sometimes it's a positive. You tend to look back over life and your experiences. You with me, older folks? I, I usually say that everyone is an, is a product of their experience, and some had just good experiences. Bad. I mean, everybody had bad and good mixed together on tracks that usually run parallel. But you tend to start thinking through your experiences. And uh, like I said, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's, sometimes it may be even, maybe negative, but an observation that I made, I'm not trying to sound old, okay, I'm trying to look, but look back over the more years and the more experiences you have, I made a simple observation. There are some people that it just doesn't seem to go well with. And there are some people that it's just well. I'm not talking about finances. I'm not even talking about physical health. I'm talking about life. Do you know what I mean? Some people, maybe another way to say it is some people can just sing... It is well with my soul. (laughs) And some can't sing it. And I'm not talking about the actual singing of it. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about the flow from the heart. And then I guess I'm old enough to, why? Why? Even apart from circumstances, okay, sometimes the people that sing the loud, I mean, again, not the actual singing of a song, but the, the, the testimony from the life that says, it is well with my soul. Sometimes those folks went through hard stuff, difficult experiences, but yet there's, it is well with my soul. Well, like I said, just an observation, but what I'm presenting this morning, I think, is uh, a contributing factor to being well with your soul. Not the only factor, but maybe a forgotten factor. So join me in Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, I'm going to read the text. And I'm not even sure what to title the message, I think I'm going to title it, That It May Be Well With Thee, from Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians 6 verse 1, hey we're going to have a children's meeting, okay, children listen up, here it is, I'm not going to ask you to come front, I'm just going to give you one line, ready, listening up, I'm just reading the Bible. Okay? I'm reading the Bible and actually looking at you all the children children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right that's the re- that's God talking right to you isn't that neat that God put a children's meeting right in Ephesians chapter 6 and I think num- number uh, verse two kind of en- engages everybody not just the children but Definitely that, children. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers. Now we have a father's meeting. Wouldn't that be neat? Sometimes, you preachers, sometimes say, okay, children, this morning it's father's meeting. All the fathers. Fathers. Listen, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That's the text. Now I am giving some echoes from the sermon I preached last Sunday, which was kind of a Mother's Day sermon. But this isn't really a... Just to narrow down to a Mother's Day sermon, it is a principle that I think is forgotten. Again, the title is that it may be well with thee. I am thankful for Mother's Day and Father's Day, recognizing the parental relationship, the, the children-parent relationships and the impact it has on the nation. You know, the nation's greatest defense is not the military. I know you know that, but there's a lot of people that don't know that. What is it? It's the family. And do you know that the nation's greatest asset is not in the national treasury, although many people don't know that? I know you know that. But the greatest asset to to a nation is family structure, family values, family relationships. The moral spine or backbone of a nation is not in legislate, not in legislation. The right lawmakers. A lot of people don't know that. Hopefully I know that. What really makes up the backbone and the moral spine of a nation is the family. And the family values. That's important to be reminded of. So, and that's under attack big time. The family is where character and godliness is, is to be fostered, spawned, nourished. And that is definitely under attack. I have three points. The three points are, uh, first of all, I want to talk about the call to honor, okay? And that's going to be a very, very skim-the-surface call. I'm hoping that it uh, just whets your appetite to get the word honor and dig deep into it, okay? First point, the call to honor. What does the Bible say about it? Secondly, we want to take the lens and zoom in a little bit on The word honor and really what it means. And then thirdly, I would just like to, how do we do it? So that's the three, that's the outline of what I would like to share this morning and what I'm really going after, okay? I want us to understand and choose honor. So it's well with you. So it's well with me. If you understand and choose honor, uh, not because of any experience that I have that looked back on 50 measly years, but because the Bible, the God of heaven, it's a principle that he set forth that will never be defied. And if I understand and I choose honor, it'll be well with me. And it'll be well with you. That's what the... Bible says and I'm pretty excited about that so I'm hopefully it will encourage you in the subject of honor so I've already uh, read Ephesians and I'm going to take a jog back through the Old Testament and just pick up a few verses again this is the call to honor So you're welcome to join me as I go. You're welcome to take notes. You're welcome to listen in. But whatever you do, please hear it from God. It's not any experience of a man. It's the God of heaven speaking to you and to me. Listen, we're familiar with the Ten Commandments, right? We post them on our walls. Uh, Often I see it in houses. Ten Commandments. The fifth one of the ten says this. Exodus 20 verse 12. Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth. Okay? That's Exodus 20 verse 12. Now there's a little bit of more uh, a subpoint, if you will, under that, under that point. God put us. God put so many subpoints, and you got to go to the next chapter for a few subpoints. But in the next chapter, in twenty-one, verse fifteen, listen to this: If and he that smites his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. Question: Did you ever physically see somebody smack, slap, hit their? Parent. If you did and you lived in the Old Testament to carry out the law to the T, he dies. Verse 17 of the same chapter, another subpoint. He that curses his father or mother shall surely be put to death. Ooh. Whoever curses his father or mother. He dies. Deuteronomy 21. I'm going to read another verse here. Still in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy, what did I say? 21. Listen to this. I'm going to read a few verses. 18 to 21. Deuteronomy 21. 18 to 21. If a man has a stubborn or rebellious son which will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother and that when they have chastened him will not hearken to them then his father and his mother lay hold on him bring him to the elders of the city unto the gate of the place and say unto the elders of the city this is our stubborn and rebellious son he will not obey our voice he's a glutton, he's a drunkard in other words he has no discipline at all and the men of the city shall stone him with stones that he dies so that evil is put away from you and all Israel shall hear it and fear it's you know when I read that it's almost like God has a highlighter and he's highlighting and underlining this principle and maybe put an exclamation mark on it. Because, here's why, because it's so critical for the nation. It is, it is at the core of Israel. And I think, we, I think we've forgotten that it's still at the core of the nation, still at the core of the church, still at the core of the family, this subject of honor. In, we're in Deuteronomy. I'm going to read another verse in verse... Uh, Twenty-seven. These are all subpoints, if you will, that God is putting under the principle. He says, "Cursed be." I'm, I'm in chapter twenty-seven of Deuteronomy, verse sixteen. Deuteronomy twenty-seven, sixteen. Cursed be he that sets light by his father or mother, and all the people shall say, "Amen." Sets light. I don't really use that word, right? Do you? He set light on me. But you know what it means? It's just kind of mocking. Minimizing, setting light. Wow. God, your highlighter is evident. Proverbs. Well, Proverbs are loaded. I'm just going to pick out a few. Whoever curses his father and mother, his lamp shall be put into obscure darkness. That's Proverbs 20, 20. Okay? Proverbs 30, 17, the eye that mocks at his father or despises to obey his mother, the ravens shall pick it out. Now, I don't like that picture at all, but a raven picking out an eye, I don't know what all the the allusions to that are, but it's not good, right? I probably should have just loaded this sermon with positives from Proverbs, and I was looking through that this morning, and I didn't know where to start and stop, so I just say this. I was I was reading through Proverbs this morning, and I noted that Proverbs one, you don't get too far into Proverbs where it says, "My son," verse chapter two, "My son," chapter three, "My son," chapter four, "My son," chapter five, "My son," chapter six, "My son," chapter seven, "My son." Everyone, check it out. Why did I say that? Parental relationships are so important, and then the blessings, the Proverbs load with them. They're ornaments on you if you choose that honor and obedience they're just like you you are so uh, it's beautiful well maybe under the first point let me just give you a few pictures from the bible you know let's let's do honor first be fun to open it up and uh, compile a list but I came up with about four, three or four on each one, but honor. I thought of Esther. It wasn't really her father, but her father figure. And there are people that don't have fathers, but they have father figures. And Esther had a father figure, Mordecai, that she honored him. There was a relationship and respect. And you know what the result was? A nation was saved. Get that. Moses, father-in-law, he had some advice. He listened to his father-in-law and took his advice and, and many people's problems were solved and he didn't burn out. Okay? David, I just get the picture. I'm reading between the lines a little bit on this one, but I just get the picture of a young man out obeying his dad, doing whatever dad said. He'd taken care of the sheep and And uh, dad said, go check up on your brothers. He checks up on his brothers. And the call says, go sing to the king. And uh, you find David just honoring and respecting. And you know that he was handpicked by God. And that grew a mighty nation. Ruth honored her mother-in-law, Naomi. God blessed her with Boaz in there. And then we have the line of Jesus Maybe just a few on the converse. The first one I thought of was ham. I'm not talking about your lunch either. You know, who, you know, ham in the Bible. Noah had three sons: J, Japheth, Shem, and Ham. There's a, there's a story in the Bible that, I, real honestly, I don't really know what to do with. But he, after the flood, he grew a vineyard. He, Drank of the vine, I think it says, and he got drunk. And drunk people often don't cover themselves very well. And he was he, he was house drunk and not covered. Ham goes in. Ham sees, his, and Ham goes out and says, "Hey, big brothers, look what look what I saw here." Was a... The other two brothers, they backed into the house. They took a, 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 a sheet and they covered. Grand uh, covered their dad. I I, st- I don't I honestly don't get it. But the next few verses say Ham's descendants carried a tremendous burden for what he did, and God turns around and blesses the two sons that had a little respect. Like I say, Ham lacked honor. Absalom, you know that story. He, he led a rebellion against his father. Cost him his life while he was still a young man. His long hair had something to do with it, by the way. Samson dishonored his parents. His parents said, don't, no, it's not good. Nah, I'm going to do it anyway. Then he went out and married Somebody's parents didn't want him too, and well, you know what happened to him? He died young, too. What do you do with the live-long part? I'm not going to try to unpack that because I don't understand it. It doesn't mean that if Jesus died at 33, he didn't respect his parents. But I will say this: that some people's lives are shortened because of honor, lack of honor. And if you choose honor, it doesn't matter what age you live to; It's going to be a full life and quality of life. And you'll be, even at 33, you'll be able to say, it is finished. But if you don't choose honor, even at 70, you'll feel so unfulfilled. Closer look at honor. That's a call to honor. A closer look. Now I'd like to just take the lens in on the word. And what does it really look like? What does it mean before we practically apply it? So honor your father and your mother. That word honor is used, I should have looked how many times it is in the Bible and, and what all, how many different places, different people uh, God calls to honor. But it, it really means value and prize and consider worth a lot. Treat it as very precious. Do you get the picture? Just You just value it. The Hebrew meaning, and I don't, can't, I'm not going sit, to sit, try to say the word, but the Hebrew meaning carries the idea of, of, of heavy, weighty, kind of like that term we say, lay it on them, lay it on them. Like, uh, you know, sometimes if you feel like you're criticized, you feel like, hey, they laid it on me, Right? That's the idea for the word honor. Lay it on. Lay on respect. Prize it. Value it. Now, as we zoom in on the word, I got a question. Is every parent worthy of honor? Those of us that are parents... I mean, sometimes we talk to men and ladies and we talk to, you know, the ladies are called to respect their husbands and the wives are called to just love. I'm sorry, the husbands are called to love, cherish their wives. And of course, it's reciprocal, but I often say this, every husband doesn't, we're not worthy of it, right? We're not worthy. One of the exercises our family did not. it's been too long. I just told my wife it's high time to do this again, but you want a healthy family exercise? Get together as a whole family and then have a time of blessing. You go around and get every single child and every sibling and parent just just blesses them for something about them. Not flatter, not... That's so biblical. Bless. Contrary wise, bless, the Bible says. Contrary wise That means our nature will go the other way, but just bless. Well... Those of you, if you do that, and all your children, your wife says something nice about you, you know how you feel, you're so blind. My question, is every parent worthy of honor? We probably know some mothers who earn respect, others not so much. We probably know some fathers who earned respect others not so much respect is earned honor is given sila let that say again Re- respect is earned honor is given. In every parent there's a gap between the the ideal and the real. I don't care who you are as a father or a mother or who your father or mother was. And all you could think of is they're just perfect. That's not true. There's none. I'm talking about the ideal. That's the heavenly father, the perfect heavenly father. That's the ideal picture of an earthly father. And then the the real. That's where you live. That's what you experience. I don't care who you are. There's a gap. And in our minds, sometimes the gap is like this, and sometimes the gap is like vast. I want to talk about the gap just a little bit. Because it's real. Here's the ideal, and here's the real. And there's a gap. I want to talk about that. The enemy knows that gap so well. And I will guarantee you, the enemy is, wants you to fill the gap in with accusation And criticism and dishonor. They're hypocritical. They're controlling. They're dumb. They're old-fashioned. They don't understand that The enemy wants to fill the gap with all those voices. And God says, fill in that gap with honor. Assume the best. Esteem generously. Ascribe value prized like a little child. I know this triggers emotions. This is real. Like I, I lived long enough to know this is real. The gap. Some of us had just wonderful parents. We were loved, we were nurtured, we were instructed. But there are parents that were absent Now I'm going to say this. I think in every one of our experiences, every single one, I don't care how big the gap is, between the ideal and the real, there was a form of absence that hurt. Many were absent, some abandoned, some abused. It's real I just heard it again two times in the last two weeks very very distant doubt if there's any connections all I wanted was my dad to notice that's all I wanted and that makes some of us dads choke up right This triggers emotions, and my point is I don't... You know, the other thing I say, the older I get, the more question marks I have, okay? And the more comfortable I'm with, with three words. I'm getting more comfortable with three words. All the, as the, every birthday I have, three words come easier. I don't know. <laughs> so there are some times I, I don't know. Other than recognize the gap. Don't pretend it's not there. And fill the gap with honor. I would love to take a, a, a look at one more scripture, but I'm not going to. I'm going to give it as an assignment to read Matthew 15 sometime. And Jesus basically is saying honor honor your father and mother, but he really has an interesting scenario. He'd really, he really he's talking to the scribes and Pharisees who had developed a system. They had developed a system where They would, they had this thing called Corbin, okay? So it was a it was a commandment that you took care of your father and mother and honored them, but but you could actually bring your money and bring it to the temple to their treasury and say, Well, I really should be taking care of my parents, but here it's a gift. It's Corbin was the buzzword. And Jesus said, You hypocrites. You come up with this system that just gets rid of the, the, the heart, and it, it's just hard for me to, to unpack the story. But here's the phrase that I want Jesus said, There are a people that will honor me with their lips, but their hearts far from me. That's kind of like giving your mother or father. Uh, Father or Mother's Day card and say a couple of nice things, but then just treat them like mud and talk, talk to everybody about them like mud. That was a closer look at honor. May, may have left more question marks than answers, but simple point that I want you to get out of there. Honor is just respecting, treating them valuable, recognizing the gap. Don't allow the enemy to fill the gap You put, let God fill the gap. Now, lastly, just a few practical points. What you can do to honor. In 2017, my phone rang. I still remember the job that I was working at. And, actually, it may have been late 16. And my phone rang, and on the other end of the world was Val Yoder. And he said, I got a problem, Jim. He said, I got a... I'm on to teach Christian family living in 2017 at Igo, and uh, I just, uh, something came up. I just can't be there. Would you do it for me? And my knee-jerk reaction was, no, not you. Do you know the size of my family? <laughs> do you know how it's going to, you think my family's portable <laughs> for that le- length of time? But incidentally, I, he's, he's he's a wise man. He knew I had a son there, and Logan was over at Igo at that time, and and the long and short of it, I couldn't say no. And I went, I agreed, and I went to Thailand, took most of our family at that time, and I taught Christian family living. One of the textbooks that he gave was, and I wanted to bring this along to show it to you. I, this morning, actually, I was studying, and I, thought, I got it off my shelf. I put it right beside my Bible. Ha! I won't forget it, but I, I don't know. I <laughs> guess that's another thing of getting old. But it's, it's called The Tribute. There's a book called The Tribute. I don't, anybody read it? Curious. Tribute, the Tribute by Dennis Rainey. Okay, Make a note of that. Go on Amazon. Buy it for a couple dollars and read it. You won't be the same. That book is an incredible book. I... It, it's basically the gist of it he just really encourages not pe- people not only to understand the principle but he's he gives you practical ways to write out a tribute write it and and then give it and then that book is just plastered with just little short stories of people that uh, real people that wrote wrote tributes and sometimes you give pictures of their their lives and so forth but in that book, I remember now a lot of this is what I'm gonna, what I'm going to talk about comes from the book. Okay, the tribute Dennis Rainey, excellent book. He talks about a two way street. Now, really, honestly, this this if if I'm talking to parents, I, I would say parents, you must reach out to your children. You must. But in the book, he he just talks about how some parents do and some don't respond. And He he encourages children who are growing up in a parent bashing generation, maybe not outright but just underlying, he he just encourages them to actually even maybe initiate it. Maybe to the abandoned parents and the uh, uh, absent parents. He just he drew a picture of a two-way street and I just and that's the way it works in relationships it's a two-way street. You find a one-way and it's not going to have a lot of you're not going to get a, mile, a lot of mileage out of a one-way. That's one thing I remember. In 1993 God did a work in my heart that I will I'll never be the same. Because of what happened in 1993. Well, actually, 91, 92, 93. You know, when I, went, when, when I finally gave up and went the best I knew how, gave everything to the Lord, you know, one of, the first things I, one of the first things I did? I went to my father. And I talked bluntly with my father like I've never did in my life before. And I just told him about the disrespect, I told him about the rebellion, I told him about the deception. That was the bigger one than the than the the disrespect and the white re- rebellion. I was a little I was pretty smooth. I knew what I could couldn't couldn't get away with, and I just I, I talked frankly with them about the dis, dishonesty, and that required restitution, which he didn't want any he didn't even want to talk about restitution. But I want to tell you something. I, I cannot put into words what that did for the next decade of my life. I'll never be able to script it, articulate it, but I'll guarantee you some things happened in my life. I'm positive it affected my, my entire life. Not because of anything I did because of a principle, that it may be well with ai I'm going to give you just a few things real practical. Number one, Choose. I will place great value on it. I will. I will, I will value it, okay? You now some of us, I know this hurts because our fathers and mothers are gone or our fathers are, have a mind that's not functioning well, it's hard. But those of you that can, and you actually still can choose, you can still repent of things that you did even if your parents are not living, you can. God can restore everything. He, God is a God of rest. Choose. That's the point. Choose honor. You show me a child that values a relationship with their parents, I'll show you somebody that's going to be well with. Fact. Not because of my experience or age. Any, it's a fact. You show me somebody that values that, Take the initiative to improve the the relationship, yes, parents should initiate that. I know that I would tell every parent that, but hey, real quick i did a, I did a, uh, I, I was preparing a speech for Sound high School PTF a year or two or three ago, and the subject was supposed to be really short and it was supposed to be on communication and i, I don 't know why I was led to studying the generations now I know this is kind of this is a man-made thing but you know we label generations you know we've got generation uh, generation what is it alpha I think that's the current generation generation alpha then you have generation z the millennials (laughs) generation x from ring a bell baby boomers silent generation oh I wasn't supposed to say that yet sorry That's about where we stop, baby boomers. Then I asked the question who can tell me what the generation before the baby boomers was? Not one person at the entire Schaeferstown school could tell me, or at least they didn't have the courage to say. I was f- floored when I discovered that they were called the silent generation. And then the author that I read. Tried to contribute to why they were the silent generation, and they were so busy. They they lived in uh, 1928 to 45. I'm going to do it. How many of your parents were born in 1928 to 45? 1928 to 45. Your parents. Okay, younger generation here. I should ask how many of you were born in 1828 to 45. You be a very slim, slim group. But they're called the silent generation. I, th- I, th- I, don't know, I don't know why. I mean, they, definitely they were working really hard to survive. But then I, I realized that that's the generation that just, I think in my opinion, didn't properly communicate some very, very, very important things of life. In fact, do your own survey. Find a group of people that their parents were born in that slot, 1928 to 1945, and ask them if their parents talked to them about the facts of life. Do your own research. What am I saying? Take the initiative. Choose, take the initiative. Number three, obey them. Uh, I think all I'll say here is, I I know this shifts. I did my children's meeting, I, and, and I. It's it's unwise to tell every adult to obey their parents. I know that that shifts, but there is an element of honor that never, ever, ever stops. I really, I have some opinions about that. I just think there are some I don't think your parents should be grieving about your choices. Now, you're not, you probably won't see eye to eye in everything, but as back to the sun, as much as lieth within you, choose, take the initiative to improve the relationship, obey them, recognize what they did right. Oh my! Now, that, now I'm going to the, tri, the book, the tribute, and he helps you just when you stop and think what they did right. And I, taught, I referenced in Sunday school about a, a, book, a girl that was, came out of a Muslim, abusive Muslim situation, abusive Muslim family. Un- incredible. There's no way that she can really stay in that relationship and live peaceably. She had to get out with the help of some Christians. And, but at the end of the book, she lists about, I don't know, how many things that her parents did right. And in my mind, there's nothing. There is. Think about what your parents did right. I'd tell you what I could write a book. I'm serious. I could write a book. You want to know one? I never one time in my entire life heard my father say, "Are we going to church or not?" I remember as a little boy going to my uh, going to another place overnight, okay? And I remember they were having the family for lunch and they stayed home and I'm thinking the whole morning, this is this this is this is Harry Argo dissidents, dissidents this is not right, this is not right. something's wrong. We stayed home on a Sunday morning because a family was in my little mind I didn't get it and now, as a fifty year old I look that's right. He must have read, forsake not the assembling of the don't don't stay home I know there's vacations, I know there's other kingdom calls and all of that but I'm talking about what my father did right. I'm talking about what your father did right. Honesty, integrity. My father did it right. He taught me how to work. He didn't, he, when I was a teenager, I was looking at everybody else and what they got. I worked for it. I, I, you know, I am so thankful. He provided for my needs. and now, Anyway, re, the point, recognize what they did right. Fifthly, recognize the sacrifice they did for you. Uh, recognize it. my father could have sent me to, he could have saved on tuition. Children, listen up, your, your parents could save too on tuition. Recognize sacrifices, health care, taking care of your, your needs. One man in, the, in, the, in his tribute, now I'm back to the books, I'm mentioning this book so everybody orders the book, <laughs> reads the book. No, I shouldn't overplay a book, this is the book, but in the, in the, one of the testimonies went like this, dad, thank you for not working on holidays, I know you could have got three times the pay, you chose me, Dad, thank you so much for choosing not to drive expensive cars, but rather you you invested so much in things that our family could do together that were so costly I'm, I'm reading from recognize the sacrifice they made for you. Thank the sickly thank, thank them for the legacy they passed on and that's where Dennis Rainey would encourage you to put it into writing. Now, for, for me, it bothers me a little bit because my dad's mind is not so good. I put a lot of things in writing. I remember sitting beside the bedside of my mother, and I tried to quick go back over so many years, and I, I tried to talk about the values. But you know, you know every family has a legacy, every, every single one. And for me, a part of my legacy, and Ray, you can, you will say Amen with me. But we have a legacy. <laughs> we, we, have the merchandiser root, and we have the egg root, and we had the just the things that my parents were doing to make a living. And we talk about it as a family, and nobody else will get it, but we get it. It's a legacy, and it's choices that they that they made. We had an annual trip to the cabin. We went to the Wisconsin Dells. One of my brothers was out in Montana and uh, on a driving a combine for a whole summer. And my dad packed us. Well, I guess the younger ones really relate to this. The younger ones. And we went out to Montana to the big sky country to see my brother. Did uh, you, you get my point? Legacy. Every family got a legacy. Did you ever thank your parents for the legacy? My legacy includes my father just laboring in the ministry and some of the things sacrificed. But did, did you ever stop and try to put it into words or write it down? The last two, and then I'm done. They, inter, they, they intertwine. Num, number seven, see them through the eyes of Jesus and with understanding. And, and this helps me so much. Remember, I talked about the gap. And every—I don't care who you are. There's a gap. Don't try to don't don't try to say no. There was no gap. Th- there's probably longings that are unfulfilled. And it helps me when I think of some. Why didn't we have this discussion? Or why didn't why didn't we have that discussion? You know. My dad probably never had the opportunity to have that discussion with his dad. That, that helps me so much with the gap. See them through the eyes of Jesus Christ and with understanding and compassion. And yes, there would be times to talk about the gap, especially when there, when there, are, when there is healing required. But see them through the eyes of Jesus Christ with understanding and compassion, and finally, forgive them as Christ forgave you. I don't need to tell you, if you hold on to the pain and the hurt, and I'm talking about the gap, and you just, I'll guarantee you it won't be well with you. gets a guarantee. But forgive as Christ forgave, and sometimes forgiveness is a process, and sometimes forgiveness is, a, is an ongoing thing. But choose it. Choose forgiveness. And I'll tell you, from the word of God, that honor. Uh, choose honor, and it will be well with thee. A good sequel message would be, how do we as fathers not discourage? How do we nurture and bring them up in the admonition of the Lord? I'll leave off and let the, let the ministry take it from there. What I'm saying is that that would be a very fitting, uh, they go hand in hand. But this morning, I hope you got it. Choose and understand honor, and it'll be well with you. So God bless you. Let's all stand for a prayer. Father, we know that honor to our parents is directly related to honoring you. And God, if there's one of us here this morning that honors you with our lips, but our heart is far from you, make that the priority. But Father, I do pray that you'd soften every one of our hearts and help us to understand and to choose honor so it's well with our souls. Thank you for this congregation. Make them a blessing. And now would you dismiss us with your blessing. We ask it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.